did something just move in the still, deep darkness of your room? You, you must be imagining it, right? I mean, a play of light, maybe a, a floating piece of debris in your eye. But then you see it move again. Something in the shadows of your darkened room moved. And now it glides from the closet to the end of your bed. Your breath stops in your throat. Your heart begins racing. You slowly squeeze your eyes closed, trying to convince yourself it's all in your mind. It's just in your mind. And then you hear it move. Slowly, you open your eyes to reveal an elongated, shadowy figure standing beside your bed. And as you feel the fear overwhelm you, it bends at the waist and lowers its face to yours. And then, blackness. Was it all a dream, or were you just witness to the shadow phenomenon? Author, researcher, and investigator Mike Ricksecker joins us to share unnerving tales, theories, and tells us if there's a way to protect ourselves from this terrifying menace. Then, later in the show, shadow encounters from you, our listeners. If you'd like to join live in the video chat and be on screen telling your stories, pay attention. We'll be posting the links so that you can join during the program. That'll take place at the half an hour mark. All of that next, right here on the best in paranormal talk radio. This is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. He won't float. He doesn't stand for baloney. Good evening, my little darklings, and welcome. As we welcome spring, brighter futures, longer days, shorter nights, at least that's our hopes, right? That the shadows can't linger as long as they normally do. Shadow phenomena, shadow people, shadow creatures. This is something that for a very long time eluded me. I understand the way the eyes work, especially in low light settings. Your eyes, like the aperture of a camera, constantly flexing, opening, closing, opening, closing, trying to find focal points. Our eyes are coated in debris. If you don't believe me, think about how many times in class you stared off into space and would see a little squiggle start to make its way in the frame until you looked at it and then it would dart away. The small pieces of debris known as floaters in our eyes in low-light settings can cause disturbing images. Or is that just what we tell ourselves? Is there something really there in the darkness? As I said, I wasn't a keen believer until I had my first encounter with a shadow person. When I saw that being directly in front of me as we walked through one another, I left that moment a believer, knowing that all of the experiences I had heard, rolled my eyes at, scoffed at, they may be true. 
Now, there is some leeway because obviously the eyes are always trying to make sense of the darkness and some things are going to be mistaken. How many of us would see that thing in the corner of our room terrifying us, menacing us, staring at us? And when we finally got the courage up to turn on the light, we realized it was nothing but our dirty clothes hamper and that quickly discarded hoodie that you threw on top, creating that menacing look. Well, we're all human, we're all fallible, we all make mistakes, but there are too many people in too many places around the world from many different walks of life, ages, religions, philosophies, who all share these strange encounters. What are these beings? What could they possibly be here to tell us? Well, I knew having this discussion would be fun if I had a buddy of mine, Mike Ricksecker, on to join me. He's written a book called A Walk in the Shadows, The Complete Guide to Shadow People. He has uh, been a longtime friend of my shows. He is back with us tonight, and uh, we have a link for this book in today's program guide, so please go check that out, A Walk in the Shadows. Mike, welcome to the program. Thanks for being here tonight. Hey, thanks for having me back, Dave. I really appreciate it. And Man, you got me all all kind of scared coming into the show. It's like my nerves are on edge. That was a great intro. Don't worry, you got nice and light in the background. You should be perfectly yeah. fine unless that closet door begins to open on its own. Right. Mike. Right? I, you know, I got all the Star Wars memorabilia behind me. So oh, that'll here. save you. Exactly. <laughs> so shadow phenomena. I don't want to even just consider it shadow man. First of all, it's genderless in most cases, right? We only just get a sense that it's a male presence, probably because it's foreboding, ominous, and mm-hmm. standing there darkly in our room. I heard of strange shadow phenomenon. I've been begging a former girlfriend who is still a very sweet friend of mine to come on the show to talk about her experiences, but she's reticent for fear that if she talks about it, they may come back. And when we dated back in college, she would tell me about the shadowy figures that lurked in her room. Sometimes she could see them as they would peer up over the edge of the bed and stare at her. That was, it made my blood run cold, chilled. I, of course, at that stage in my life, I still love the paranormal. I was fascinated by it, but I just thought she was trying to mess with my head because right. I like my room pitch black, pitch black. And maybe, maybe there was a reason for that, Mike. Maybe the reason I liked my room pitch black and all light sources blocked out was so that I couldn't see if something moved. <laughs> yeah. Right? But a lot of times these things are darker than the dark. So, yeah. Um, yeah, because usually in your room, even if you try to make it as black as possible, there's still a little sliver of light. And these things seem to be like the occlusion of all light, which is why they end up looking like the, you know, darker than dark and blacker than than anything else. I saw, you know, speaking, many people talk about the figures, the human, sometimes creepy crawlers across the floor or ceiling. I saw one thing that I can still not wrap my head around. It was at the Stanley Hotel down in their concert hall and down in the basement is a very well-known hotspot of homeless person had passed away there during the winter many years ago. And a lot of phenomena had taken place there. I mean, we had EVP, we had tables thrown in that little room, the, the electronic room. We had a lot of strange phenomena, but bright daylight one day, I go up and I introduce demonologist Adam Bly on stage and I cut down the back route and I go to the back stairs and I'm cutting through the hall and there's the door and the doorway is open and there's bright light from the outside at the end of the hall, bright light behind me. And I can't explain it, Mike, but there was a shadow falling out of the room that hmm. 
darken the hallway with bright light in front and behind. And I saw it and I couldn't move. I stopped and my brain was trying to process what was I seeing? It wasn't a figure. It wasn't a human being. It wasn't a, a monstrous gargoyle dog crawling across the floor. It was just a shadow spilling out of this darkened room but I knew that it wasn't right and I didn't want to walk through it. Have you heard a phenomena like that where it's not just figures, but shadows where they don't belong? Yeah. Yeah. They can, uh, it's not just your, you know, classic humanoid figure. They come in a lot of different shapes and sizes. Uh, they can appear as mists and whiffs, um, you know, kind of an amorphous sort of form. So, you know, seen shadow activity is like rolling black smoke uh one of the more fascinating times was seeing rolling black smoke morph into the apparition of a little girl which was totally bizarre but fascinating at the same time so right. yeah they're they're not just humanoid figures you see like you know the crawler type of of shadow person where you know it sort of looks like you know, a humanoid form but also has these really long arms and legs almost like crab like in nature so they do come in a lot of different shapes and sizes now i know mike that you've read a lot of the old research mm-hmm. from classic investigators that go back hundreds of years were there details about shadow figures that go back that far or is this more of a 20th century phenomena uh, it, it goes back really far you, you have uh, classic accounts from the spiritualism movement madame de esperance uh who was a physical medium and she would talk about uh what's interesting her background is she grew up in a haunted house where there were both uh apparitions ghosts and shadows and in that particular haunted house uh she was more friendly with the shadow entities so she would be afraid of the ghosts and when she would see one she would actually run to her shadow people friends but when she grew up got married moved into a different house there were different entities that were within this house and those type of shadow entities she was more scared of she didn't like those particular shadows so you know here we see that they have a lot of different qualities a lot of different attributes and it's really almost dependent on which particular uh you know shadow or entity that we're talking about here that might be a good one might be one that's a little more nefarious but you know it goes even farther than that farther back than that dave you know you and i were both recently in egypt and this goes back to ancient egyptian times you know where you know part of their religion for lack of a better term you know they had multiple different parts of the soul and one of those parts of the soul was the shadow that would remain here on earth to roam around after the other parts of the soul would move on to the constellation of orion and you can still even go back further to ancient sumer where you have the what they called um in udug we would re-relate the term to uh a demon but you had both good and bad demons or both good and bad Udugs, and this one Alu, very, very similar to a lot of the different phenomena that we experience with shadows, where it would hover over a person at night, had no features, no eyes, no nose, no mouth, didn't even have limbs, but would hover over a person at night, and they called it a binding demon because it would paralyze the person. You'd have that sleep paralysis type of experience uh, with this entity. So, yes, this goes back very, very far into our history. You know, something that fascinates me about that, and uh, I've shared this story in the past, Dr. Andrew Nichols 
had shared this with me and I had asked him about black eyed kid phenomena. And he actually said, I have a weird story to share. And he talked about being out of body one night. And when he was returning to his body, he floated into the room was floating over his body. When his body's eyes opened, they were jet black and Mm. he smiled up at himself and he, he panicked and then tried to force himself back into the body. And that struck me two ways. First of all, every horror movie would have us now believe something else is in that vessel, right? Mm-hmm. There is another being a shadow entity or something. But I thought if our soul leaves our body to explore and we wake up and feel these sense of shadows over us or something looming or approaching us, could it, and, and especially when you're paralyzed, you're dealing with that old hag syndrome, that sleep paralysis. Could it be that our body and our soul are still disconnected and that what we're sensing is the return of our soul to our bodies, to our physical form? Because we don't know where consciousness exists. And, you know, many of the people in our field believe consciousness exists outside of us, even though we have the first person perspective, it's that consciousness lives here, right? So I, I hit up Dr. Nichols with this. We had some fascinating conversations about that. And he said, you know, that makes me feel a lot better. Maybe I was just floating over. And if the eyes truly are the, the windows to the soul, of course they would be vacant and black because I wasn't back in there yet. Right. Yeah, so, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, what, what what's your take on that concept that when people wake up frozen and they see these shadowy figures looming over them, could it be us trying to enter the, the shell again? It, it very well could be. And that's, that's a fascinating story that, sure, it, it makes a lot of sense. If your your soul is not within the vessel at the time, then yes, when the eyes open, it wouldn't be anything in there. And of course, you know, you hear about when people astral project, there's the silver cord that connects them back to the body so that they always have a, a means to get back. But yeah, I've had people contact me about you know, maybe they projected or something like that and they're headed back to their body and there are other shadows and things like this around. Um, you know, could that be their spirit guide or something like that? You know, that's an, that's an idea. Um, but that, that's a fascinating story uh, in and of itself. I hadn't heard that one before, but, um, but it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Well, you, you talk about the shadows in the room and I've asked people, I said, You know, when we're at live events, I'll say, how many people have seen a shadow person? Okay. Mm -hmm. People raise their hand. How many of you saw them in your room? A good portion of those people still see them. I say this, I want to direct it to this part of the conversation. If I could, if you could please answer for me, when you see it in your room, what is your knee jerk reaction? Is there that moment of fear? And then you just kind of roll over and go back to sleep. And like 99% of the people are like, yeah. Yeah. And I go, see, to me, I, I think we're our most vulnerable while we sleep. And if we are astral projecting, it would only make sense that the watchers, the, the protectors stand over us around our bed, maybe guiding, guarding our bodies so that nothing else does enter it while we're on our journey. And I've, I've spoken about that. Make a lot of people feel really good. And yeah, maybe that's what's going on because I said, if you woke up Mike Ricksecker and Dave Schrader standing at the end of your bed, you're going to be like, what in the hell are you right. doing here? But if you see a dark shadow looming over you and your first inclination is, what? Okay. And then you go to sleep. That can't be inherently evil. Right. 
Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's really fascinating uh, th- this whole phenomenon because you know a lot of people when they initially see that shadow, sure they roll over, go back to sleep. Some people will get frightened because they think there's an intruder in the house. It's not initially, you know, it's it's a shadow person sort of thing. Right. A lot of times it's I'm I'm dreaming. I'm going to go back to sleep, or there's an intruder in the house, and they they might actually get frightened. They'll pop a light on, and the thing disappears. Um, so there's a lot of different things at at, at play here, but um, yeah, I what what I try to you know tell people is you know these are a lot of different things. We were just talking talking about astral projection. You know if say um, you know a relative of yours knows how to astral project and they project into your room. You know, perhaps they just want to come visit. You know, maybe they live a you know great deal away from you. Your grandmother or mother or something like that knows how to do this. When they come into your room, you know how do they look? Because they're projecting their consciousness. They're projecting their energy. Does it come off as a shadow? Does it come off as you hear these reports of like shimmer type people? You know, is that what we're seeing? And in that sense, then it's it's more of a protective type of of energy. And when we're waking up, you know, it's because you know, we each have a toroidal field of energy around us that extends out several feet. And these entities or, you know, these projections or what have you also have their own energy and their own uh, toroidal field. So when they intersect, you know, we we feel that we feel a presence and that's what's waking us up. And then we see whatever it is that that we're seeing. And um, I, I think you know, we try to make sense of what exactly this is. And there's several different rabbit holes that, that we may go down when it comes to that. All right. What are some of the more terrifying examples of experiences that you've heard over the years? More terrifying examples. Uh, you know, a lot of times, um, well, like the crawler experiences uh, are, are a lot more terrifying in nature because you're having something that, you know, very long arms and legs, very fast in nature. They're whirling around you. Like, you know, that whole almost, uh, you know, like demon crab like sort of thing you know, <laughs> where, you know, they're creeping down the stairs or they're crawling on the ceiling and things like that. And I've actually seen one of those before and it was very, you know, disconcerting and uh, very creepy. And, you know, those are ones that. Well, no, um, you can't just throw that away, Mike. So you yeah, had oh. <laughs> this experience. What happened? Yeah. No, we were at a, uh, this was out in Oklahoma old church uh, as abandoned church called uh black bear church and you know we were just doing an evp session in the basement and we saw this uh you know black shadow slip in through one of the windows and like okay you know we saw that and you know we continued to our you know our sessions and all of a sudden this thing was circling the walls the ceiling at some point it hit the floor because there was a uh a uh, soda bottle on the floor that's kicked across the room. We heard it hit the railing, bing, you know, hitting the railing. And as it's circling us and circling us and circling us, the medium that was with us at the time said, okay, let's sing some hymns, say some prayers, this sort of thing, kind of lighten the atmosphere. And so, you know, we start singing. We, we start, uh, I think it was Amazing Grace and we started singing. And as this thing circling, 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 finally it slipped right back out the window from where it came. But you know, this was a a mass of just shadow and a flurry of arms and legs. Uh, it was probably one of the more bizarre things I ever saw. Uh, but doing that uh, 
uh, that singing and lightening the atmosphere helped to push it back out. When we talk about the shadow phenomena, there's, you know, the concept is the shadow of the man, the shadow of what's left behind of a haunting. This is all that's broken down to over the years. What might might have been the woman in white or the the weeping man or the child is now just kind of this black shadowy figure left over until it finally dissipates as well. Um, that's one concept of it. But it seems that these things are intelligent and outside of the realm of ghosts. Almost like um, in, in some of the cases I've heard through the years where ghosts see the shadow person as well and seem to react. And in some cases have left the room because the shadow figure enters, which is compelling to me as well. These things, then are they existing on the same plane? Or is it, I I, I don't know. I, I can't make sense of how this works. Yeah. Yeah, I think what a kind of quote-unquote true shadow person is is some sort of interdimensional being. And in some accounts, you know, they're very actually they're actually very close to our uh, extraterrestrial experiences. Uh, you see a lot of these accounts of you know we were just talking about wake up in the middle of the night, see this tall, dark, shadowy figure. You might have the sleep paralysis that goes along with it, and a lot of our uh, you know, UFO abductees or uh, people who have. Uh, encounters with extraterrestrials at night report the same thing, but instead of a shadow person, you're seeing an ET. So you see a relationship here with a lot of this phenomenon. So what exactly are we experiencing? Um, and these, you know, if it is an ET, this is something that could be traveling interdimensionally or could be projecting into our room. And, you know, when we're talking about, I mean, really, when we're talking about an interdimensional being, it is something that is an ET. It's not native to, uh, you know, to our our planet or at least to our dimension right or it even could be an, an ultra what we would call an ultra terrestrial something that is indigenous to uh earth but is on a different plane of existence so you know there's a lot of different possibilities that uh of what we could be interacting with here as uh as a shadow person so yeah you have your classic maybe it's a uh you know some sort of human entity that can't fully manifest as a as a shadow or can't fully manifest as a uh, apparition i'm sorry and comes off as a shadow but it seems more and more likely that most of these are something that's interdimensional there have been more and more reports of these shadowy figures attacking um I, it went from silent vigil watching over to more violent, more terrifying, more in your face, leaving the scratch marks, uh, leaving uh, behind physical evidence as in the, the blankets and sheets are ripped from the bed. When we're looking at this kind of deal, do you think then it's amorphous? We can't pigeonhole what these beings are because as you just kind of stated, we might be dealing with a myriad of different hmm. beings, creatures, spirits, and entities that all have this darker form that they can take. Right. Yeah. We're, we're dealing with a lot of different species that use a similar energetic modality to come into our plane of existence. And you know, you're really talking a mixed bag here. And this is going to sound really simplistic, but like with humans, some people are good. Some people are bad. Same thing with shadow entities. Some are good. Some are bad. So it really comes down to, okay, what's the, agenda of the particular shadow entity and yes you're going to get ones that 
that will attack, that will leave scratches, that are up to something more nefarious, where others still are coming here, watching, observing, uh, trying to understand humanity. So it's, yeah, I, I hate to say it, you're, you're kind of luck of the draw when it comes to which one's going to show up in your bedroom. Yeah, I'd like none of them, Mike. None of yeah. them. The answer, 100 people surveyed, top five answers on the board. Number one answer, none of them. None. Yeah, I don't want any showing up. Now, we've had, I've had shadowy figures in my life, throughout my life. Mm -hmm. uh, we've, we've had experiences like this. I, I still think one of the most terrifying experiences I ever heard, a woman that had contacted me begging for help on shadow people and just did not know what to do. And I, I, again, I tried to go through the softening of it. Maybe they're just guardians or she goes, no, this thing is not happy and it does not by abide by rules. And I said, well, okay, now you've got me perplexed. What do you mean by it doesn't abide by rules? She goes, I said, leave my name in the, or leave my room in the name of Jesus Christ. And she said it reached down and grabbed the end of my bed and just started shaking this out of my bed. Oh, wow. And she goes, and it was banging. Uh, it wasn't like he was lifting it off the ground, but he was just, you know, that bed had the older bed. had just had enough rock to it that he could shake it. And it was almost like he was mocking her. You can't, that doesn't work on me. And I asked her, I said, well, are you Christian? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe that this? And she goes, uh, yeah, I really wanted to that night. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> if you don't have faith behind something, maybe it can sense right. that. So there's that old vampire take, right? That you have to mm. believe for it to work on me. Yeah. Um, and we talked about different things and methods to try, but she was terrified because that was the first time it wasn't just something in her room. It wasn't something she saw drift through this thing. Actually physically touched something she was a part of and shook it. Yeah. So there is this gaining of energy. What do you know about how to protect ourselves from this? Is it a different type of protection that we can use for the shadowy realm? Well, it, it, you kind of hit on it right there uh, a moment ago is whatever it is that you are going to use for protection, you have to believe in it. You know, you can't mm -hmm. just throw a name out there like, you know, Jesus or, uh, or whomever, uh, if you don't truly believe in it. So uh, when we, you know, have done cleansings in the past and things like that, you know, we would cater it to the belief system of whoever is there in the house. Okay. What do you believe? What do you think is going to, you know, you know, push this out? You know, is it Jesus or do we need to bring in a native American shaman to perform some sort of ritual or something like that? Um, the most malevolent experience that I had uh, in dealing with these shadow entities, you know, we had called out uh, Carl Johnson, our, our, our friend Carl, uh, to mm -hmm. deal with that. And, you know, this was a red-eyed shadow entity, which actually did get physical with the girl in the middle of the cleansing. Uh, she had, you know, come into the household. You know, we had, we told the family originally to, to stay outside. She had come in to use the restroom and all of a sudden, you know, she's talking at something unseen against the wall. Carl decides to do a blessing over her. And as he's doing this, she gets punched in the gut. Or, you know, it mm. looks like there's, we couldn't see it at the time. It was after, as she got punched in the gut, fell over. We picked her up, put her back in the bed. She was okay. Going back over my audio later, you heard this EVP that said die right as she got punched in the gut. And also, uh, just after that happened, tri-field meter that was going off over by the uh, closet, which she routinely saw this thing in the back door to the master bedroom kept flying open. So all these bizarre things 
you know, kept going on at that same time, but we kept it up. Uh, you know, we all remained, you know, we all retained our belief and we pushed it and we pushed it and pushed it, finally got it off that property. Uh, but I think that's what it comes down to is you have to have a wholehearted belief in whatever, it, whatever the methodology is to push it out. All right. Um, Mike Ricksecker, our guest. Again, we have a link up for his book on today's program guide so you could get a, a more comprehensive look into the shadow realm and what shadow people are, the different entities, styles, stories, and ways to take care of it and protect yourself. I know we just both got back from two separate Egypt trips, both yes. in Egypt together, but apart. <laughs> yeah. Like ships in the night, Mike you Ritzecker. I was after I did I yeah. was down in the south while you were still up north. Yeah. Now um you've got some new projects bubbling. What mm -hmm. else can people look forward to coming out now or very soon? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going back to Egypt next year, uh, next April. So, you know, jump onto that. I also have a uh, Connecting the Universe uh, seminar that I'm doing at the uh, at the Historic Bell Mansion in Indiana. Uh, that's coming up in uh, June. I know you and I are going to be at Paris Icon here soon and also Phenomicon yes. in right. uh, in September. So those are a couple of great events to, to jump on and uh, be on the lookout for my new book coming up out later this year, which is all on uh, time and time travel. Excellent. We'll look forward to it and I'll expect to have you back and we'll take a, a deep dive into time travel together, Mike. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me back, Dave. Appreciate it. Always. Hey, when we return to the show, folks, we've got stories to share from listeners that have sent in emails. If you are in the live chats, Winnie is putting up a link right now. You can join me live on tonight's program to share your shadow encounters. I want to hear about the shadow beings you've seen. Do they leave you frightened? Do they leave you laughing? Do they leave you wanting? What are they and what are your experiences? Tell us that next right here on The Best in Paranormal Talk Radio. This is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash P60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. 
betterhelp.com slash p60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. Hey, Richmond, Virginia, I'm coming this week. That's right, March 24th through the 26th, I'll be at GalaxyCon, along with some of the coolest supernatural, sci-fi, and fun entertainers in the world. I would like to see you there. I'm going to be doing talks on different aspects of the paranormal, cursed movies, creepy creatures, and how to ghost hunt. So if you're interested, you can participate. Meet me at GalaxyCon Richmond, March 24th through the 26th, Richmond, Virginia. That's the place to see me next. And I hope that you'll make your way out there because we have some amazing stuff that's going to be taking place at GalaxyCon in four different locations this year. I'm going to be at all four of them, including the one that takes place in Austin, Texas later this year, along with the Paranormal 60 News Crew and friends. We're going to have a great time. You need to be there and be a part of it with us. Go check out GalaxyCon.com. Haunted Magazine is a publication dedicated to all things paranormal and spooky. Each issue features articles, interviews, and stories about ghosts, hauntings, and other unexplained phenomena. The magazine also covers topics such as cryptozoology, UFOs, and other aspects of the supernatural. Expect to find in-depth investigations of haunted locations, first-hand accounts of ghostly encounters, and reports of paranormal events and attractions. The magazine also includes features on the latest ghost hunting technology and techniques, as well as tips for those looking to search the supernatural on their own. Issue 37, The Frights of Spring, will be in stores from March 6. So remember, don't be normal. Be paranormal, and order your copy, today. Join us for this amazing paranormal conference that's being held in a haunted school in Glen Beulah, Wisconsin. Haunted Midwest Ghost Tours presents Great Lakes Paranormal Conference on September 22nd through the 24th, 2023. We have some great speakers with Jason Hawes, Adam Berry, Sherry Benedetti, Lyle Blackburn, Shane Pittman, Sarah Lemos, Dave Schrader, Jeff Bellinger, along with Wisconsin's very own Chad Lewis, and many more will make this one of Wisconsin's most talked about events. We have over 40 vendors and nighttime investigations at various haunted locations with special guests. Get your tickets now at GreatLakesParanormalConference.com and find us on Facebook under the same name. Choose from VIP, General 3-Day, and Day Pass. Again, that's Great Lakes Paranormal Conference.com. Hey, do me a favor. If you love this show and you love the content that we share on it, I want to hear from you. And the best way to do that is by supporting all of the great advertisers you hear on our program, whether it be Babel or HelloFresh or perhaps even you know, any of the new brand new advertisers that we're bringing on board, we really do want to hear from you. We want you to take advantage of those specials because they're designed for you, our listeners, handpicked for you. Better help, another great example. 
So again, we have links for those in today's program guide. Please take advantage of them and take advantage of the deep discount savings you can get by being a fan and a friend of the Paranormal 60. All right, friends, we are open for business. If you would like to join me on tonight's program, uh, we are including a link. It'll be in the live chats right now. Um, I'm going to put that up as we speak so that it's available. All you have to do is uh, click in and join us and be a part of the show. Uh, it is a video and audio podcast, so make sure that you have a good connectivity, good audio, good video. And we will have a conversation. I want to hear about your stories. I also have emails from you, the listeners. Let's start off with one of those before we go to Amanda, who's patiently waiting in our green room. This comes from Olivia. She says, hi, Dave, this is Olivia, of whom my son Miles refers to as, mom, you're like Greg and Chachi. You're an Eeyore and a Chachi. We remember her, don't we? Anyway, long story short, I've seen stuff my entire life. Mists shadow people, full-blown apparitions. When I moved in with Miles' dad 12 years ago, my son wasn't even an inkling in my mind. One day I froze because a child peeked around the corner of the kitchen. I seriously thought someone's child got lost and wandered into our home. I said, hey, are you okay? Got up. Nobody was there. Not the first or last sighting of this boy. Then Miles was born. He would get up in the middle of the night to say someone was playing with his toys. I saw this apparition once in his room, kneeling down with a toy car, then poof, gone. This little boy was always around. I loved it. Well, the pandemic took a toll on my family. I lost my job because I had to homeschool. My son's dad and I separated, and Miles and I moved in with a friend. This little boy followed us, but he turned into a shadow. Not the normal full-body apparition that I would see. He laid on my pillow. I could feel the compression. I thought it was Miles, as we were sharing a Queen Air mattress at this time. I rolled over to move the bed hog over, and my hand went right through his shadow body. <laughs> Sorry, that gave me the shivers. Uh, he presented himself in the basement when the kids were playing by laughing as a shadow in the corner, which scared the crap out of the kids. We ended up trying to fix our family, moved home three months later, and here he is, full-body apparition again, in sight on why a full-bodied apparition becomes a shadow and then back again. Please, Dave, I need insight. This is one of the most mind-boggling things I've ever encountered, and that's the short version. Thank you, Dave. You rock. Well, thank you, Olivia. I don't know. How does it go from a shadow person to a ghost to a shadow person? Maybe it has to do, again, vibrationally maybe it has to do with the locations maybe it has to do with uh the energy of the people in those homes um what they're able to bring to it there might be a stronger poltergeist agent meaning somebody that was in the home that allowed uh that energy to feed them a little bit more i could be wrong that's kind of my uh, initial take on it uh paul krish in our chat says have a shadow figure that has been with me since 2001. It scared me and the wife in the beginning, but we haven't been touched or anything um, or no poltergeist issues. I have a feeling that I went to a local cemetery that's known for shadows and great EVPs, but had to share my issues and still ongoing experience. Thanks for the work you do. Well, thank you for sharing with us, Paul Krish. We appreciate that. Let's see here. And uh, just so you know, I've got some people in the green room. I'm going to go to them now. 
uh, you have to have video and audio. I've got to be able to see and hear you in order to participate in tonight's show. Um, so for those of you that are back there with your cameras off and, and unique names, I won't go to you just because bad experiences have proven that never works out well for anybody. But here I've got a face. Here I've got a name. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. All right. So what's your shadow uh, story? Well, I kept trying to type it on there. I did it three times, trying to donate money. Never went through to my knowledge. But um, anyway, I'll still try to donate. Um, I just want to kind of give my opinion based on experiences. I know that there are shadowy spirits. <clears throat> and it's my personal belief, based on my personal experience and my family's, that I feel that there's a difference between a shadow spirit what some people always, you hear shadow figure all the time on the TV shows. But my belief is the shadow figures that I've seen are a very dense, dark humanoid figure. No, typically no hair features or clothing, no genitals or anything like that. It just is shaped humanoid. And uh, we experienced them quite a bit in South Carolina. I won't say where, I can't. Um, and once for a while in this house, which my daughter now tells me that she thinks we brought it from her old house. Anyway, the one, one major experience that I saw that was just crazy, but also made me feel as if these are interdimensional beings, the ones that are shaped like I just described, was I was managing a property in South Carolina and I was standing out at the pool at night and they would typically pace. They would be, sometimes if, if you saw them closer up, they would be vibrating and would peek around corners, but they very rarely would approach, you know, I don't remember one ever coming face to face with me. Now other people might have different experiences, but I could see them from a distance and they would pace on the balconies of the vacant apartments and this one particular one I don't well they all look the same he would go from apartment to apartment when I was full I would have to swish him away if I was trying to show the apartment because they would peek around the bathroom and I didn't want my clients to see him but anyway I'd watch him pace on the balcony and I saw one one night jump off the balcony and at an inhuman speed run across the courtyard and jump on the first set of stairs and then all kept jumping until it got to the top of the roof. These, I believe, this is my personal opinion, are interdimensional. I've never had one try to hurt me. They scare the hell out of me. I don't want to see one again, but I think they're different from some shadowy spirits that can actually interact. Tell That's the, just black mass. Um, that's not a shadow figure to me. My husband's trying to tell me, tell him about the black mass. <laughs> I can't hear you. I can't hear him and now I've lost him.
yeah, weird. All of a sudden, my audio muted itself. Um, Amanda, I appreciate you telling the story. I'm glad you told me your husband was there because all of a sudden we could hear this male voice saying, tell him about the Black Mass, and your mouth wasn't moving. So I'm glad that there was somebody there with you. Um, I appreciate you calling in. Your audio is very, very choppy, so we're going to uh, part ways now. Hopefully, you can get a better connection next time, and we'll have you back. But thank you so much for sharing. All right, let's go to Tina and hope that Tina's got a better connection. Hi, Tina. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm doing well. What's uh, what's your story for us tonight? Well, the shadow figure was my very first ever paranormal experience. Okay. How old were you? It was <laughs> it was in my I was in my late 20s. Okay. It was uh, back at 2003. All right. It was at my mom's, my mom and stepdad's house in uh, Shelnam, Missouri, in the Ozarks there. Okay. And everybody had gone to bed. My dad and I had drove down there to visit everybody. And I was getting ready to go to bed. And my mom left a, the bathroom light on so because I'm a clutch, so I could see where I was going during the night. And all of a sudden, the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. I felt mm -hmm. like I was being watched. As I turned to the bedroom door, there's this black from head to toe, just completely black, blocking out the light from the bathroom. Head, shoulders, arms. I just froze. Yeah. <laughs> it scared, scared me. Next thing I know, it lifts one of its arms up and closes my bedroom door. Okay. A few so seconds it could later, interact with the physical. Yeah. All right. A few seconds right. later, the door opens back up, and it just completely vanishes right before my eyes. Hmm. So next morning, we're having breakfast. I'm asking everybody if they'd gotten up during the night, you know, to use the restroom. Mm -hmm. Nope. Everybody had slept through the night. And as I'm looking over at their dog at the end of the couch, she's looking in down the um, hallway into the bedroom or back bedroom where I had slept the night before and she was just cocking her head like she was looking at something in that bedroom or somebody okay my first ever yeah. experience was with a shadow figure yeah now have you seen shadow figures from that point forward or was that the one and only time that is the um the other time I've seen it was like Amanda with a black mass, and that was at Malvern Manor. Okay. And here, here in Iowa, those are the only two times I've ever seen something. Hmm. Well, chilling stuff. Thank you, Tina, for uh, staying up late with us and, and joining us on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great rest of your night. All right, Donna's here. Donna, welcome to the show. No, no microphone. We're not hearing you. Yeah, I'll give you a chance to reconnect here and see if we can get it. While you're doing that, I'm going to read another quick little email here. Hey, Dave, when me and my brother were growing up, we lived in, let's just say, an interesting house. While there are many weird things that happened at this house, this experience was the most unique. So one day, when me and my older brother, about 10 to 12 years in age, were running around the house trying to beat the crap out of each other, well, as we reached the top of the stairs, I thought I had him as I go to push him into the wall, he turns to run down the hallway and steps on the bottom of the long curtains and outshoots this gray shadow thing that was about the size of a rabbit. 
The thing raced around the hallways, banks the corner, and goes straight into my room. Me and my brother just stared at the now-empty hallway, wondering what we just saw. In the end, we decided the game was over and just go downstairs and not think about what's lurking upstairs. Dave, it was the middle of the day. We were the only ones home. There are no animals in that house. Still to this day, almost 30 years later, I can still see it clearly in my mind like I had seen it yesterday. And I still have no explanation for what we saw. And that comes from Melissa Griffith. Thank you, Melissa. I appreciate you sharing that. All right, Donna, are you back with me now? Yeah, my, my headphones decided to punk out on me. Uh, <laughs> no worries. All right. Well, welcome. What's your uh, shadow figure well, or I shadow have story? I a couple of them, and both were okay. in cemeteries. Uh, okay. So the first one was back in 1992 uh, in Salem for the 300th anniversary. And okay. I was in the uh, the old cemetery there where, you know, my friends and I were looking at grave, you know, grave markers and whatnot. And we we're almost kind of doing the conga line thing until I started hearing over here. And I go look towards the, the trees towards the back and I see this little little kid, like a little boy kind of peeking behind a tree and, you know, going back. So I so I go and I go check it out and investigate. And then I hear, no, over here. So they, they were kind of playing hide. The kids were playing hide and seek with me in the cemetery. The, the, mm. the ghost children. It was it was kind of interesting to to have to have other people looking at me going wandering around the cemetery trying to find these kids. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. So you see you see this for yourself. How how does your brain process it at the time? Are you well, is it I one of those things where you're like, hey, no, I, I, we just saw children. I, I'm, that's it. I just mistaken the way I saw I just, them. I fall right into it. I mean, I seem to sense mm -hmm. them and I, I acknowledge them and I, you know, and I proceed to take it. Uh, Crystal, it's over in Salem, Massachusetts, the main town cemetery there uh, where not the condemned were buried, but the, you know, like the judges and, you know, a lot of oh, the other right. town Yeah. Yeah. You know, Black Cat. Um, Black Cat Tours took us there, mm -hmm. Shane and I, when we were visiting. Mm -hmm. They took us to that one and said that there are a lot of shadowy figures that are seen lurking around in that and cemetery. Actually, I did do some research, and I guess there was a yellow fever breakout at some point, and there are a lot of children buried in that cemetery mm. as well. So, mm. yeah, that was the first one. The other one, and this was kind of almost a commonplace one for me when I lived in upstate New York. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a huge cemetery. It's Oakwood Cemetery in Troy, New York. Okay. Which is filled with all varieties of ghosts. I mean, mm -hmm. every personality you can think of. But in one particular one, there's a particular crypt uh, towards the back. And it's huge. It's I'm, I'm trying to remember exactly the, the name of the family. And it has a lot of a lot of things going on. There's a lot of energy there. There's a lot of um, spirits. You know, spirits are there of varying types. But kind of a little bit away from that before you can approach it occasionally I would get what I would call a guardian shadow that would pop okay. up. So if things were bad, you know, like for instance, something was not quite right, you know, and especially since I, the area has been rumored to be used for ritual practices, mm. um, this shadow, this particular shadow would show up and it would look like a man, like in an overcoat, you know, long overcoat. Um, and, you know, I would almost say like longer hair, you know, but it was like, like I said, it, it's a shadow form. And if he showed up, I knew, okay, don't approach that area. Don't, don't investigate. Don't look, you know, just walk away um, and then wait for another time period. But, and that would happen on a regular basis, actually. Hmm. Yeah. Do you ever feel that these things, um, 
were otherworldly, like they weren't ever human spirits, that they might be elementals or part of this something. Was, this was a combination. I mean, you had element, yeah, like you said, elemental. You'd have, I hate saying the word demonic, but in kind of that that genre, you had mm-hmm. actual ghosts. You had, you know, it, it's like it, anything you could throw into the in, into the mix. You you were getting in this this one spot, pretty much. Sure, you know, very cool. Yeah. Well, Donna, thank you for uh, calling in and sharing some of your shadowy figure uh, experiences tonight. And I appreciate you listening and, and being a part of the chat all the time. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. We've got a couple more in our chat room here. You're going to have to help me. Is it sunny? Yes, it is. All right. You never can tell now. Sunny, Sunny, <laughs> Sunai, I don't know. But uh, Sunny, yeah. welcome to the show. And I like that you have a very bright room to make sure that nothing yeah. shadowy moves behind you while we have this conversation. <laughs> I hope All right. So where did, you, uh, where did you have your shadow experience? So I was outside of our house with my sister mm-hmm. on a four-wheeler. And we have like this barn and we were going around it. And all of a sudden I see this thing sprint out of it. And like, it was like hunched over. Mm-hmm. And as soon, like there's a cornfield right next to it. There was no corn in it. And as soon as it hit the dirt, it just vanished. And I look back at my sister. I'm like, are you seeing this? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> wow. We were just freaked so- out. Do you think this was a shadow figure or do you think this was like a residual ghost that just happened to be Um, running from the barn out into the field? I don't think it was a ghost. Okay. Yeah, I think it was just like a figure. Did you go into the barn to check to see if anything had been disturbed or changed? Yeah, we finished like driving up there. I'm like, what the heck? It was just strange because I've never really had anything like that happen before. You know, you, you bring up the story and, uh, I, I want to mention one other creepy tale that I had. Um, this, this is like the earmarks of every horror movie kind of machination. It's really bizarre, but talking about the barn and animals, I'm thinking did this thing hurt or affect an animal. Uh, I had, <laughs> I was out at, I think it was Michigan Paracon probably four or five years ago. And a woman comes over to tell me the story. She goes, I gotta ask you something. She goes, so I had a cat uh, who had recently passed away. I was very oh. saddened by this. And one night I woke up to this shadow version of this cat laying on my pillow. And I was thinking, is am I seeing this? And she reached over and started to stroke the cat. She said she could feel the hair. She could feel it moving. She's petting the cat. And she's like, oh, he's come back to visit me. And she gets done mm-hmm. and she goes, thank you for visiting. And it climbed off the bed and turned into a human form and walked out of her room. That is awesome. Yeah. Do you have a cat near you right now? Please yeah. tell me you do. Okay. All of a sudden, in the background, I start hearing yeah, a little cat. She decided to right. jump up here <laughs> right at right. the well, cat. She, she wanted a good ghost story. Good. Well, thank yeah. you, Sonny. Thanks for being on with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everybody that's been making donations for the show this evening. I appreciate that with the super chat, super stickers. I'm sorry I haven't been able to call them out as the show progresses, but I do appreciate it. Let's see. We've got Uncle... Leroy's hoodoo joining right now. Kind of this, what it's you've got this ghosty mercurial film over your camera. What's going on here? I like it. Yeah, it's probably because the camera just needs to be clean. (laughs) (laughs) No, let's just say there's a ghost waiting there for us. Right, right. Uh, What's your story for me? Yes. Um, I got to see which one I started. Um, I've seen my story because I'm a I'm a Tata and Kisi and Paolo too, so I work with the spirits as well. You know, 
Okay, say that slowly so I, I can. I, I practice. I'm a practitioner of Palo Mayombe, uh, Afro-Cuban Congolese system, and okay. we work with the spirits as well. So I'm a Tata. Oh, what was the long word you Tata kind of you, you gave tata, me this long... tata and Kisi. It's a Tata and okay. Kisi is like um, it was just the father of the spirits. So, okay. like, if anybody needs, like, we're doing cleansings or somebody got something going on in their house or whatever, they got a spirit right. in their house or a spirit on them, we got to do the work to clean. We're the Ghostbusters. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> All right. All right. So, so uh, well, we got to now, you've already piqued my curiosity. Uh, you're going to have to come on the show for a full show and we'll, we'll talk deeper about this. But, uh, yeah, I was in your comments about me. that. I was in your comments and I had one because I seen you on the show too. You were doing the automatic writing thing. Yeah, and how I know that how I know it was real because my first time when I found out that I was a medium and that spirit mounts me, first thing that happened was my hands start shaking uncontrollably. I'm like, oh, what's going on? What? Right. Stop this! And I seen you do it. I said, yep. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I would love to come on the show. Uh, We set a time where you send me an email. I can email and I can send you some information. My information, please. Yeah, hit me up uh, after the show tonight, Dave at Paranormal60.com, and we'll get you on for a full program. But let's get into a, a tale or two tonight uh, that you can share with us. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to give you two tales. The first one was, uh, it was the shot, the hat, they call it, was it the hat man? The shadow right. man with the, where's the top hat? Right. So I didn't know this was a thing until I, something told me to look this up, and I didn't know this happened all around the world, but it was three in the morning, I'm asleep, um, I got sleep paralysis. I had sleep paralysis. I wake up. Mm-hmm. I can see the time and everything on the um on the uh clock. You know, it's three right, o'clock, right. like clear clock on the dot. I my eyes like shift to the side. I can't move my body or nothing. And this guy, like six, seven foot shadow man, top hat, trench coat, standing over my bed, just no eyes or nothing. Just but you can tell that it's looking down on you. Darker, my room is completely pitch black, it's darker than the room. So once I looked this up and found out this was real and that this is happening to people all over the world, that really like sent me on a frenzy and like spooked me out because I never knew this was a thing. I'm thinking like, well, maybe it's my mind playing tricks on me. No, our, our good friend Heidi Hollis, who I want to have on uh, another episode. Maybe we can pair you two up uh, on an upcoming show. Heidi Hollis writes extensively about the Hatman phenomena and shadow figures. Uh, and I wanted to, uh, get her on another time. So this might be a good matching in the future, but yeah, that the hat phenomena, and it's strange. You say top hat. Some people call it a fedora. Other it's a people fedora. have, yeah. Other people think it's almost like those flat caps, like the English flat caps. Uh-huh. Um, but it's almost like it's its own race of shadow beings first of all they're very dapper yeah. and well-dressed right unlike yep. the schlubs that are just lurking around in corners crawling up your ceiling these things have got a different more powerful sense to them which is very but it's strange. so weird it's like are these like spears that choose like 1800 and early 1900 dress or something like that like it's so crazy like why would you come into my house like dressed up like a president from the late 1800s right <laughs> so well you know what weird that, that's something we've been talking about that I think is fascinating and why we see this. Because when you think about it, right, and you talk about the type of hauntings that are normally seen today, most people will tell you it's the late 1800s to the early 1900s, that type of dress, garb, and look. 
But we also can think of just how distressing that time was. Civil yes. War, World War One. that whole, there was so much loss. Uh, you've got flu outbreaks, you've got disease, you've got people Jesus. being wiped out. People are begging to make communication with the other side. And did spiritualism. We, right, did we somehow rupture mm -hmm. the time stream by having so many people focused at one point in time trying to communicate so did that allow does that allow spirit realm from the 1800s to early 1900s into our era a lot more easily because there's this this huge psychic scar that's been left right. on our world and it's usually when we see these spirits, these old spirits, it's usually, you know, you rarely hear about spirits that somebody has seen from the Roman period or right. oh, I seen an Assyrian ghost. You don't really see that. But it's always usually when we see these older spirits, if it's not from this time frame, it's mm -hmm. really from like the 1800 because we got the Civil War. It's And it's so intermediate with us, you know, like this is something right. that happened. I mean, it was 100, 200 years ago, but it's like right there. Can I ask you a question? And I, I this may sound strange and off-putting, but I'm I'm curious of your thoughts on this. I've been to Gettysburg, I've been to battlefields, I've been to places where there was death and war and carnage. I don't hear about African American ghosts, and they fought for our country. I don't hear about enslaved people's ghosts. It's all the the white warriors and people that were that that are there. Why do you think that is that that we're not we're not seeing the the black culture spirits as prominently? Is it because there was a more spiritual element to that? I don't. I, it I, was. I don't mean to sound ignorant. I just can't no, wrap no, my no. head around I've, why aren't I've, we hearing? I came to that. I asked that question too. I'm starting to see it now in the show. So a lot of the places where somebody move on a plantation. Mm -hmm. Then that's where they see the spirits at. And then you want to deal with places where maroonage happened at. So like, uh, what is it? The Dismal Swamp, the Dismal Swamp in Virginia. Mm -hmm. So we're dealing, if you notice these places where you see UFOs, you see, you see um, South Carolina, they had a thing with the reptilians and all that. Right, Remember right. these places had heavy African presence and Native Americans. So a lot of people at that time, they hid in those swamps. So if you know the same in Jersey, people don't think about Jersey. New Jersey was a slave state. And then you deal with stuff like the, uh, what is, what is that? The devil's the, what is that? Oh, thing? The, Jersey the, devil. The, right. The Jersey devil. You've also got the Bridgewater triangle right in that area. That we got the Bridgewater triangle. We had right. native Americans and African slaves. These are fresh African slaves. So they still, mm -hmm. they still had connection with, you know, old practices, you know, they knew old practices from, uh, you know africa so if you go to like south carolina for instance you hear about the hauntings in the swamps and different things down there so a lot of the african-american slaves would talk about a lot of congolese slaves or the Gullah Geechee. they would talk about um the simbi and the simbi or we call them palo mayombe the basimbi are like aquatic spirits and you go to you go to um haiti the simbi the aquatic spirits that come out the water so you hear a lot about these mermaid situations or like reptilian type beings or whatnot and they're around either lagoons or they're with the ocean you know or they're in the ocean or whatever but these are the places where you have where it was runaways at or on certain plantations is where you hear it you know you hear about a lot of it at and then you go to places like uh cuba you go to haiti a lot of times if they're still practicing the traditions 
they have ceremonies to send their dead off. So what we do in, oh, sure. in spiritism, we do misa. We call it we call it a misa. What you'll call a seance, we call a misa or a mass. And when we do that, we do stuff like sending a uh, sending the spirit off. Like after nine days, we do the prayers out of the Alan Kardec book. It's like these two prayers that we do. We raise the candle and glass of water for nine days, and then after that, we go to like a Catholic church. And they call it like still in a prayer. So when they're doing a prayer for like the sick or whatnot at the end of the Catholic Church, you would you yourself, you insert the name of that person that passed. So a lot of those you you one of the reasons you might not hear about them because certain ceremonies were done to send these spirits away, like amongst the Gullah Geechee culture, amongst the, the Cubans with Santeria and everything. But if you do, I think what people if they do want to focus and they do want to see uh, a lot about african-american spirits those places where it was maroons at uh louisiana south carolina mm -hmm. uh the dismal swamp the woods in new jersey or whatnot they did a lot of rituals there the native americans did a lot of rituals there and that's where you get this ufo you get it's all type of weird paranormal everything stuff. right yeah fascinating I, i've got to have you on we got to talk more about this uh and i'll tell you boy you know, in all the years of doing the investigations we've done, I've seen spirit. I've heard spirit. I The only time I was um, most physically affected was by an African-American spirit in Butte, Montana, Richard Sims, who was shot. Wow. And wow. I walked into that place memory, not knowing what happened. I thought I had ruptured something inside and did not find out for two days that this, right, that this, uh, this enslaved gentleman, Richard Sims, had been shot there and and died, on, and he was shot in the stomach area, and it was just like what? But yeah, you feel it like yeah, you feel it like I had a situation. Yeah. Where I was reading somebody, and her family had issues of um, what is it when you have the cough? Is it COPD or something like that? Uh, right, right, tuberculosis, yeah. right, tuberculosis. I'm coughing. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? She's like, oh, my grandmother died of this. But I'm feeling the symptoms. And then one thing, too, when we're in the Misa, a lot of times, like when we do ceremonies in Palo, we do ceremonies in Santeria. Mm -hmm. One of the things they say where well, the ancestors rest at or the spirits come is your neck. Right. They come okay. right here. Right. So if you're in the Misa or a seance, a lot of people, they will feel heat right here. Or sometimes you, if you go into a haunted place, you just feel your, your hair is like, oh, man, or something is on you. It's weighing down on you because this area right here. It's like it's almost like a portal, you know. I it's interesting it. you bring that up because when you started talking about what you saw in the curse of Lizzie Borden, if you watch it as it starts to happen, I kind of raised my shoulders because I felt like this hot air was blasting the back of my neck when my arm was going crazy. Yeah. So it's, it felt, you I, feel the even, heat right here, yes, and yeah. that's where you feel it. See, and this is the beautiful thing about the conversation we have because. I can, the symbolic language and the movements without me, you know, because people can call it charlatism, but that I can pinpoint without ever talking to you, pinpoint the the, the process of what's going to happen because you feel the heat right here. And a lot of times they do stuff where it calm it down, like if it's a hot spirit or whatever, you know, or I think one time I had a reading, I got a reading done by Santero. And he said, hey, and this is a little person. He's like, hey, did you sleep with this person the other week? And I'm like, oh, why did that come up in a read? And I'm like, yeah, what's going on? It's like, because right. whatever this person had on this person, you're sensitive to spirit. So whatever this person had on purpose, this is why you're feeling depressed. Then 
you're feeling depressed and you got all these issues and i'm way down on how i was depressed like for about two weeks right he did a situation he did the cleansing with like the chicken and everything the rooster i walked out of the yard i'm walking i'm like okay he did it you know i walk out of the yard I get past the gate the sun is raised like it's up in the sky it feels like something lifted off of my neck and like i can stand up and i'm like what is it it I mean, this stuff I practice it, but it blows it blows my mind because of the language of spirit. Like it's another right. this language of spirit is like it's it's mind blowing, but it's mysterious at the same time. You know, I do fascinating. Listen, we have to wrap it up, but yeah. you have got to come back. Email me, David Paranormal sixty dot com. Let's get you on. Is here. it in the? Is Watch it in the? Um, is it in the? In the chat yes, or in the yeah in the description it'll be there um or if you uh just follow on here I, i'll i'll throw it up here at the uh at the end of this uh let me right there boom so it's running across the bottom of the screen okay, so great, great, go great. back and watch it again uh thank you so much for sharing and giving us some insights tonight though fascinating stuff no problem i'm gonna um I'm about to write it down now take it easy yep. Dave. yeah thank you all right. Wow. See, you never know. We throw open the doors and give an opportunity and voices rise and insights come. Uh, if you have stories you want to share with me, let's do this again. We'll do it again real soon. I want to make sure I can get to another uh, email here. Um, let's see. I've got a couple. I don't want to. We'll, we'll do more when I have um, Uncle, Le uh, Uncle Leroy back on the show or when I have Heidi Hollis and we'll do this. But uh, this was sent to me. I, I used to see shadow people pretty much every day as I hiked in the valley below my house at sunset. They were long, tall, thin, like stretched out late afternoon shadows, but without the benefit of the sun or any other light to make them. It seemed obvious to call them shadow people, but I had no idea at the time that shadow people were a thing. I always thought they were remnants of ancients and were glad there was finally someone here protecting this magical land. Eventually, I didn't even bring a headlamp then I'd, uh, when I'd hike because they, always two or three, always on my diagonal left, a little bit in front of me, began to walk me home up the mountain and shined a light for me when it got dark. It's not that they ever stopped greeting me, but I stopped hiking because I became disabled. Only once was there a physical crossover. It was on Thanksgiving about 10 to 12 years ago. Nobody had invited me anywhere. I was quite annoyed, feeling sorry for myself. But plus, I'd slept funny, which had pinched up my neck and shoulders. I was strolling along, grumbling into the high desert majesty, when suddenly I felt strong hands dig into my neck and shoulders, working out those knots. After that, I quit my belly aching, felt pretty well blessed, and marched back up the mountain. The shadow people used to be a big part of my daily delights. I miss both them and that hiking part of my life. None of the images I could find really look like my friends. This is the only one somewhat reminiscent, but forgot that the tree branch hands, the weird-ass white eyes and grins, mine have no facial features at all. They're shadows. Now, I believe in them because I saw them every day for years. But honestly, this is so ridiculous, and I laughed so hard at myself for I don't know how long, maybe months, more, I was thinking they were my own long shadows from the low-setting sun because when I'm hiking on the land, I'm just so blown away all the time that I just don't pay attention to my own shadow. Why would I? Unless it's doing something remarkable and I need a picture. 
Then all of a sudden, one day I remember right where I was. It occurred to me that the sun was already below my high ridge. So where the heck was this shadow coming from? It was keeping pace with me, just like my own long afternoon shadow. But it was not my shadow. And there was no light anywhere to make it. I can't remember if it's the very first time I eventually realized there were two, but all the times of being really aware of them every day for years, there were always either two or three, always in the same formation and always to the same place, to my left and up in front of me. At first, they always met me in that same spot, always on my way home. But as they got to know me more, the time and place became more haphazard. Even though I did love and trust them and feel honored, I just thought it wouldn't be a bad idea to keep them out of my house, so I never let them come any closer than the top of my driveway. I hope they know that I'm fine and that the land's fine, considering the climate here has gone topsy-turvy. So thank you for sending in your stories, sharing, and being a part of tonight's show. Uncle Lenny, stay in the green room. I'll talk to you after the show, and we'll make sure that we can set this up. And uh, watching the response from the audience you seem to have enjoyed his visit with us as much as I did. This is an amazing show to share with friends, relatives, and neighbors because you never know who might have had an experience that they could share with you, give you insights into different elements of the unseen world around us. I hope that the darkness is just a little bit more light with the information that we share here. And I hope your journey into the unknown is enriching and filled with wonder and awe, just like mine has been. Thank you for joining me, and thank you to my guest, Mike Ricksecker, for joining us this evening. We'll talk more about the Shadow Realm right here on the best in Paranormal Talk Radio. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is my Paranormal 60. <laughs>